When the news makes it seem as if America is in a perpetual state of controversy, it's important to remember White House political scandals have been an American tradition since the early years of the country's history. Here's an example. During the presidency of American Civil War hero Ulysses S. Grant, government corruption was widespread. Members of his administration were at various times charged with market manipulation, fraud, election fraud, embezzlement, and tax evasion. The last crime on that list, tax evasion, was the focus of the most infamous scandal of Grant's career. Members of Grant's inner circle worked with whiskey distillers to evade liquor taxes in exchange for a cut of the profits. In total, this arrangement avoided over $3 million in taxes, which adjusted for inflation roughly equals $86 million in today's money. Over 100 people were indicted, and the entire debacle was eventually named the Whiskey Ring by the newspapers. While the president was never officially accused of any wrongdoing, the scandal did irrevocable damage to his reputation, marking the unofficial end to the political power of Ulysses S. Grant in Washington, and by an extension, an end to Reconstruction in the South. I'm Zach Knight. Welcome to Shaking America, a history podcast. Sources for this episode include the book, The Man Who Saved the Union, Ulysses S. Grant in War and Peace by H.W. Brands, the book Grant by Ron Chernow, and the article Grant, Babcock, and the Whiskey Ring by Timothy Reeves from the National Archives. Following his success as a Union general in the American Civil War, Ulysses S. Grant was elected president in 1868. Grant entered politics in a period of great turmoil in the United States. Abraham Lincoln's plan of reconstruction in the South was being fought against by the Southern Democratic congressman. Lincoln's successor, Andrew Johnson, had been largely ineffective, and his presidency had ended with Johnson being impeached by the House of Representatives, the first impeachment in U.S. history. The American people were frustrated with the constant infighting and the lack of progress in Washington. Sounds familiar, huh? Ulysses S. Grant, being a widely respected man who was untainted by the politics of Washington, was widely seen as a chance for change in the capital. He was a war hero, a natural leader, and a steadfast member of Lincoln's Republican Party. It's important to note that the Democratic and Republican parties of this time were very different in organization and goals compared to the two parties today. When Grant was sworn in, many everyday Americans were excited to have such a revered individual in the White House. As president, Grant quickly gained a reputation as a champion of civil rights. In his inaugural address, he declared it was his goal to ensure, quote, the proper treatment of the original occupants of this land, the Indians, a sentiment that was rare in the 1860s in Washington. He signed into law the Equal Rights for Black Americans, allowing them to serve on juries and hold public office. He supported the Republican-led Congress's plan of Reconstruction, which included sending in the army to occupy the South to safeguard the lives and rights of the newly freed slaves. Perhaps his most lasting accomplishment was the founding of the Justice Department, which Grant specifically created to prosecute the Ku Klux Klan, 
a newly formed terror group that was rising in power across the former slaveholding states. However, Grant's efforts were hindered by a series of political scandals. While he had been an excellent military commander and was generally seen as personally honest, Grant seemed to have been a poor judge of character and ability. He had filled his cabinet with a mixture of old friends from the war and dishonest businessmen, forming an administration filled with both incompetence and corruption. Fortunately, this would be the last time that an American president's administration would be filled with both incompetence and corruption. It would never happen again. The first of Grant's numerous scandals involved his own brother-in-law, a shady Wall Street investor named Abel Corbin. The financial burden of rebuilding the South after the Civil War had put a massive strain on America's economy. Under advisement from his cabinet, Grant began selling gold directly from the U.S. Treasury in an attempt to stabilize the dollar, pay off the national debt, and boost the economy. Sensing an opportunity, Abel Corbin convinced Grant to withhold the gold bars from entering the market for three weeks, falsely claiming it was hurting Western farmers. Corbin and his Wall Street friends then secretly bought an enormous amount of gold, cornering the market and making millions. When Grant discovered Corbin's plan, he quickly drove down the price of gold and dismantled the operation, but it was too late. The American economy felt the aftershocks of the scandal and began to fall apart. Historians called this event the Gold Panic of 1869. Shortly after the Gold Panic, another national crisis emerged. Wealthy businessmen bribed corrupt Republican politicians to give them lucrative government contracts for the construction of the Transcontinental Railroad. These businessmen then founded a railroad company named Credit Mobilier. They gave it a French name so it sounded more established, and directed the government funds into the new organization. Credit Mobilier's stockholders, which included several members of Congress and Grant's vice president, then simply siphoned the money from the fund into their own pockets, never fulfilling their promise to build a railroad and letting their company go bankrupt while they grew richer. After the fraud was discovered, it crippled the brand new railroad industry and forced Grant's vice president to resign. The situation was made even worse when Europe's stock markets crashed a few years later, leading to a worldwide economic depression in 1873. Millions of Americans lost their jobs, crime rates rose, and public opinion of Grant and his administration plummeted downward. The continued costs of Reconstruction combined with the worldwide depression put the United States on the verge of national bankruptcy. To stave off total collapse, Grant raised taxes, which was as unpopular then as it is now. One of the taxes raised was on liquor, which was increased by as much as eight times its original price. Furious about this aggressive tax hike, a group of whiskey distillers plotted to evade the new laws. They contacted General John McDonald, a former Union general and, thanks to Ulysses S. Grant, now a powerful tax official. John McDonald is also one of the most generic-sounding names I have ever heard, and could feasibly be anyone ever. In either case, McDonald and the whiskey distillers formed a simple plan falsely record the quantity of whiskey as less than they actually made in order to be taxed as low as possible, and then split the profits with the corrupt tax officials working under McDonald. This conspiracy went on for years, avoiding millions in taxes. 
Originally a scheme involving only a handful of people, the Whiskey Ring grew alongside the profits, spreading its tendrils across the country. Soon, over 100 people, including congressmen, IRS agents, shipping company executives, and local store owners were participating in one of the largest examples of tax fraud in American history. But not every member of Grant's government was corrupt. In 1874, Grant appointed a man named Benjamin Bristow as Secretary of the Treasury, after his previous Secretary of the Treasury was forced to resign due to being implicated in a different, unrelated scandal. A far cry from the typical shady politician, Bristow was an ambitious reformer who legitimately wanted to clean up Washington. After learning about the existence of the Whiskey Ring, he dedicated himself to exposing the conspiracy and the men behind it. He collected evidence gathered by undercover investigators and informants for over a year, eventually culminating in the arrest of over 300 individuals in 1875, including John McDonald and Grant's personal secretary, Orville Babcock. I'm convinced one of the reasons I enjoy reading old history books is the names, and if I have a son, I'm going to name him Orville Babcock, in a sort of boy-named-sue situation. 238 people were indicted for conspiracy to commit tax evasion, among other crimes. Despite there being a large amount of incriminating evidence against Orville Babcock, he was acquitted after President Grant and William Tecumseh Sherman both personally testified to Babcock's character as he had served underneath them in the Civil War. The public saw this as once again demonstrating Grant's weakness for favoring those who had fought alongside him, even when they were incompetent or corrupt. When Bristow's trials had ended, he had convicted 110 people including John McDonald, and recovered an immense amount of money. Adjusted for inflation, the Whiskey Ring had stolen $86 million in tax dollars. Grant's reputation was permanently damaged, and much of his political support evaporated. As his political power faded, so too did public enthusiasm for anything Grant was associated with. The Southern Democrats used this to once again attempt to stop Reconstruction and strip black Americans of their rights. When Grant failed to secure a third nomination for president, Reconstruction effectively ended, and the remaining soldiers enforcing civil rights were recalled. The black Americans who had spent the last six years living as free and equal citizens, were suddenly subjected to Jim Crow policies. Millions of them fled north, hoping for a chance at a better life. Ulysses S. Grant retired from politics, leaving behind a legacy of a war hero, an early defender of civil rights, and a president whose government was riddled with corruption. So the next time a new political scandal starts dominating the news cycle, remember... It's an American tradition. Thanks for listening to this episode of Shaking America. New episodes every other Thursday. I haven't been the best at putting these out consistently in the past, but I'm going to make a stronger effort moving forward. If you want to support the podcast, check out shakingamerica.com and click the Ko-Fi link at the bottom left of the page to donate, or just tell other people about the podcast. That would also help. Thanks again, and I'll see you in two weeks.